This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. If you have not already given us a rating or review, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts especially, go do that. Hit the stars, however many you think we deserve. I think we're we're five star type people, but you know maybe maybe you disagree. I don't care. You know maybe maybe review too if you, if you feel like that sort of thing. But for this segment, we are going to get into the studs and duds from this game, and then for the final segment, we're going to get into some comments, questions. But first. We're just going to kind of go through. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more studs than duds, but we have come up with two duds for this game. And so I want to start with that because I want to do a lot more talking about the good stuff than the bad stuff. So let's get the bad stuff out of the way early. And so my dud for this game, and it's a little unfair, but you know, at the same time, it's not, is Will Lutz. You can't be missing make, chip. You know, I don't know if it's a chip shot. I think it was about 40 yards, but that kick before halftime, you know, we, we don't talk about it because the Saints won 24 nothing. If the Raiders had come out and, like, had a pulse on offense in the second half, you know, that, that kick could have, could, have, could have been big. And this is – he's missed eight – I'm sorry. He has made eight of 11 kicks from 20 to 49 yards this season. He has made three of four kicks from 50-plus. So he actually has a better percentage from 50-plus than he does from inside 50. He's like a he's like a basketball player that shoots a better percentage from the three point line than the free throw line, and you know that's a problem. Like you like Will Lutz is a great kicker. I love Will Lutz, but like he can't be missing those kicks. And so like to me that puts him firmly on the dud line on a day where almost everything went right. That was one thing that went wrong. It was definitely surprising to see him. Uh, I guess you would say push that one to the right, uh, and he never had a chance. No, and you got you got to wonder about his short term accuracy. I guess your short short range accuracy right now, because like you mentioned, his longer range stuff has been dead on. It's just so odd. Yeah, I think it's like he just loses focus because it's so simple that it's not like he's not. I don't know. Like it, it's weird, but like it, that those kicks you have to make. Like that's the funny thing. It's like those long range kicks you're not banking on because you're like, okay, the percentage should be lower, and if you miss them, it's not the end of the world. But like those shorter kicks, like there's a reason the Saints didn't press harder to get into the end zone yeah. is because, you know, you have a guaranteed three points and that has to be a guarantee. 
if it's if it doesn't feel like a guarantee, then you're back where you were last year. But like that's a problem to me. But it's not a huge problem because you know well let's figure that out. But to use another sports analogy, it kind of it's kind of like when you have a, a closer in baseball and you bring them in in like the sixth inning and you're up by four and they just don't have that kind of like closer like pressure on them and they kind of you know just don't look the same like that's kind of how i feel about will lutz like yeah I w- i'm more comfortable sending him out there for like a game-winning 58 yarder than i am for like a 36 yarder right before halftime yeah i'm curious i'm i'm trying to find um where his percentage ranks amongst the nfl kickers currently well he's actually 73 percent heading into today that's kind of yeah. low no, he hasn't been bad but he hasn't but, been like it's it has, hasn't been elite right Three of his four misses have come from inside 50 yards. And that's just like you have to, if you're missing, it has to be the long kicks that are more difficult. Like you can't be inconsistent inside 50 yards. Like I like Blake Gillikin could probably go out there and kick like 80% on kicks inside 30 yards. Like those are, those are the chip shots that you have to make. Um, and like it, and we're, you know, you're grasping at straws if you're even trying to find a dud from this game. And that's really the only thing that actually went wrong. But I know you have a, you have a dud that, uh, that you think, you think you just, you needed more. You needed more from. Well, I've been calling for more touches, more touches for Rashid Shahid. The guy gets three catches today and he ends up, there's no touchdowns. Didn't what even score a that? touchdown. Come on. His, his like average yards per catch went down by like 30 yards. But I mean, in all serious though, I mean, three catches, 38 yards on three targets. So the, the guy, the guy's really been shining for this squad. And uh, even in the kick return game, I think he added um, 15 more yards in return for, for return yards. Nothing, nothing too outlandish there, but. Yeah. He still hasn't broken anything, but it was, con- he's consistent. You know, he hasn't fumbled, right? Like, He's getting you positive yards in the return game. He did have that. He had one one catch for thirty yards. I think it was right. the first touchdown drive, and like so, yeah, that's that's good. You know, like we're, we're joking. Like he obviously still had an impact, and it was nice to see him get those additional touches after the big play. Right, that's been a big criticism. Is you know he gets that one big long play, and then he never is heard from again. So it was good. I, I think that Pete Carmichael has heard the the criticism of that. Like, like there's a lot of things that you're critical of as a fans or as media that is like just stupid. It's unreasonable, whatever. You just want to complain about something that was, that, that was merited, right? Like you have a guy who every time you throw in the ball is catching a long touchdown and running for a long touchdown. And then you just ignore him the rest of the game. Like that can't happen. So they made more of an effort to get him a couple more touches. And, you know, he had one, I think, one, like, seven-yard catch, and he had one, like, one-yard catch, and, you know, there were bubble screens, whatever. That's fine. You know, like, that's what you want to see. And so uh, we're kidding around. He was not a dud in this game, but, you know. He's getting more involved in the offense, obviously, though. I felt like maybe he was a superhuman, and every time he yeah. touched the ball, he would go for a touchdown. And so if he touched it three times, he would score three long touchdowns, and that just wasn't the case. So, you know, that's disappointing. He just ruined his, you know, his stats for the whole entire year now projections yeah. yeah that measly 12 yards per catch you know Ugh. okay so let's let's go from that and so steve you know who would you pick as your first stud from this game i think the obvious one is uh, you know alvin Kamara for what he did especially after speaking out 
so vocally, you being so vocal with the team after that loss, saying this team needed their swagger back. So you better damn sure that he's going to come out and have a big outing. And finally, you know, getting into the end zone today was so huge. And not just once, twice, three times. Always so impressed with what this guy can do. And he definitely started to look like that Alvin Kamara of old, if you could say, today. So it was his first game with three-plus touchdowns since Christmas Day against the Vikings. That was that six-touchdown game. Um, but, it, but it was another – also, his first touchdown was a good example of, like, you know, if Taysom scored on that first down run, he still wouldn't have gotten that touchdown. And so, like, that's where the vulture thing comes in. Like, so Taysom only ran for five yards on first and goal and got to the three-yard line, right? And if he had run, run it all the way in, which he was close – you know, Alvin wouldn't have gotten the ball, but because he didn't get it in, Alvin gets a chance and he scores a touchdown. And like, so that's the, like, they, he was still got a chance to vulture it. He just didn't succeed. And so, you know, that's kind of the funny thing. It's like, it's hard to be mad about Alvin not scoring touchdowns if the reason is Taysom scores on first and goal from the eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's just great to see, obviously, his elusiveness. Yeah, you want to see him involved, right? You want to see him feeling right. feeling it, right? Because when Alvin eats, everybody eats. And and just the uh, two of the touchdowns, too, on the receiving touchdowns, they were, you know, kind of question marks on if he got in or not. No. The one where he kind of was, like, backing in? Well, so they were both choice routes, um, which, was, which is an interesting kind of detail. The, that one where – so he was close, but, yeah, he clearly reached it out. Yeah. Which was just, like, such a perfect example of, like, this he's always in control. Yes. Like he's never out of control. He knows exactly where he is. He needed an inch. He got an inch. That second one was pretty, I mean, he had to break a tackle, but he was clearly in. I don't think it was a question, but no, it was just easy, right? It just felt easy. Like once, once he kind of like, it's like a basketball player gets a ball, he, he makes a shot. And then all of a sudden it's like the, the hoop feels like it's twice as big. You know, that's kind of how it felt like with him, but we've talked a lot about Alvin. So let's move on. Right. You know, so, so my stud from this game, and this isn't going to be a surprise for anyone who follows me on Twitter. Cause I've been talking about this kid nonstop. I asked Tyron Matthew about this kid in the post game, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, Tyron, you know, the last few weeks, the word swagger has come up a lot, and you see what Alante Taylor's been able to do the last two weeks as a rookie to come out with that level of confidence. Is that is that normal? Like, what do you see from him? Um, you know, I've, I've been around a few of them. Um, you know, I, I think he's one of them for sure. Um, but you know, I think mostly, man, it really comes down to just preparation. You know, uh, you know, he's always into it, you know, throughout the week. You know, one of the first guys on the practice field, you know, we're getting ready for practice. So, you know, just always kind of working on his craft. So, you know, um, you know, I think in the beginning of the season, you know, we had a pretty deep, you know, DB room. You know what I mean? I think he, he had that chip on his shoulder that, you know, he wanted to be able to help us. So, you know, his time has come around and, uh, you know, I think he's really showing up for us big time. Obviously, that's Alante Taylor we're talking about. Second consecutive start. Last week, he was matched up with DeAndre Hopkins. This week, he was matched up a lot of the time with Devontae Adams. To be fair, you know, they kind of mixed and matched. Paulson Adebo was also matched up with Devontae Adams for a good portion of the day. But, you know, like, they targeted Alante Taylor in coverage. He had three passes defense. I think he allowed one catch for three yards. He had three tackles. Devontae Adams in the game. Devontae Adams. Yes, that Devontae yeah. Adams. He had one catch for three yards, and it was like this little screen. Yeah. He, he also had one carry for negative one. That was that, that 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 little end around on third down that Marcus Davenport said no. <laughs> Just kind of like caught him in midair and like suplexed him. Uh, Alante Taylor is 
does not look like a rookie. He has all the confidence in the world. And you talk about a team that wants to get its swagger back. You see the way he goes up there and makes tackles. Like he was putting on like a tackling clinic in this game. I think he, he had at least one tackle for loss, maybe two. You know, for a team that struggled to make tackles, for a team that struggled to stop anybody, you know, I think you found a gem in that kid. And I'm going to, you know, I, I took, I'm going to take a victory lap on calling that Taysom is going to score double digit touchdowns this season. And I'm also going to take a victory lap on that being an excellent pick in the second round, regardless of how deep you are at cornerback, because where would the Saints be right now? Where would the Saints have been the last two weeks if they had not take, made that pick, Ooh. if they didn't have Alante Taylor? Would you be starting Chris Harris on the outside in this game? Because I think this game goes a lot differently if you can isolate Devontae Adams versus Chris Harris in coverage. I'm just saying. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, you know, from talking with Elante Taylor, just the confidence he exudes, he even brings that onto the field. He's not afraid to talk trash, even though he's a rookie, was mm-hmm. definitely jawing back and forth a lot with Devontae Adams. I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah. No, I mean, like, he's confident. He, he has all the confidence in the world. And he's backing it up, right? Like, if you're a rookie and you're just talking and you're getting beat and it's like you're just trying to be the Eli Apple, right? Like, no one respects that. But, like, when you're backing it up, it's like, yeah, go ahead talk your trash you know because because you you think they have nothing to say because you're also shutting them down um like i had one one person was like oh Devonte just dropped it and i was like no he alante was in his hip pocket for the entire route like yeah they, they Derek carr made a decent throw and all and Devonte adams was able to like do go back shoulder but he still wasn't able to make the catch but it wasn't like oh he just dropped it he had to try to make a spectacular catch because he had six inches of separation and you know i will say like you do have to use the caveat of like, okay, Devonte Adams probably was playing with the flu. <laughs> like he probably was not a hundred percent, but still, I don't care. You know, right. that is showing up in a big time matchup for a rookie cornerback. And that's very positive for a team that who knows how long Bradley Roby's going to be out. Who knows how long Marshawn Latimer is going to be out. You're hopefully probably getting back next week, but like it could be another week. It could be two weeks, you know, like that's, that's really confidence inspiring going forward for a team that really needs to show up on the defensive side of the ball. I love Yes Sir Fan 02 saying down there, CJG who? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do think it's interesting. Like, do so when Marshawn comes back, you know, do you do you play Alante in the slot? Do you move Paulson in, inside to the slot? I think Paulson would profile as a good slot corner. I think he has the physicality to do it. And so, like, if you are comfortable putting Alante on the outside and you can slide Paulson in there where he can just beat people up and make ta- – like, he can go tackle a tight end like we've seen him do it. I think he would be a good slot corner. So that would be, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because like Chris Harris is a good slot corner too, but he's older and you know I'm not sure he has, has it left in the tank, but yeah. So that's definitely one of mine is Lonte Taylor. Do you have any more studs you want to point out, Steve? Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to a guy I'm pretty hard on because of his injury history in uh, Peyton Turner uh, coming up with two big sacks today, being a, a force on that defensive line returning from injury. He got a lot of crap, I know, because he was dealing with a chest injury, his latest and a few that he's dealt with already since being drafted in the first round by this team last year. 
But, man, really good to see him show out. And, man, what a difference it makes when you have more bodies in that rotation on this D-line for the pass rush. It looks fresh. Yeah. And uh, I think Peyton Turner now has a sack and a half more than Marcus Davenport on the season. <laughs> uh, although, in, in Marcus's defense, he did get a sack in this game, and it got, it got negated by Paul Sanadiba holding yeah. penalty. So, you know, I think he's still sitting on half a sack. Yeah, he had two tackles for loss. So, and he did. Yeah, he he kind of suplexed Devonte Adams there, just had him dangling over the field. Uh, so that's you know that's not a sack, but it's a huge play. It stopped that drive, and that came right before the fake punt, where the Saints got the ball. That was right at the start of the second quarter, and the Saints stopped that fake punt and got the ball in Raiders territory. So that was that was a turning point in that game. Like at that point, the game wasn't it wasn't clear how the game was going to go, and uh, you know the the Raiders going for it on fourth down at midfield and not getting it really kind of swung momentum squarely on the Saints side. Yeah, uh, it was just good to see the uh, the attitude, the energy, uh, the smiles. Like I said before, but uh, a guy a guy like Peyton Turner definitely needed a day like today after he had so many injury struggles and and you know not really having that impact any impact really on this defense so far. Yeah, and that first sack, I think we talked about it already. Like he was oh. shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Like he got he got on Derek Carr fast. <laughs> like I think he was it was like an eight yard loss. Like it was he was like he got there. He got left one on one, and that's the thing when you're Peyton Turner, you're gonna get left one on one, and like you gotta just be special, and that's what he was on that play. You know, I, I want to give credit to you know he's not my stud. But uh, Kentavious Street, I thought, also had a good game. He had a he had a tackle for loss on that opening drive, and he's just he's a guy who I think has has popped. You know, throughout the season with this team kind of struggling in the interior D line, I think he has been the most consistent interior D lineman. David Onyemata also had a decent day. I think the pass rush in general had a really solid day, so they kind of get the you know overall stud. Um, but for me, the opposite side, I'm going to give the offensive line kind of a group stud because. Andy Dalton has not been sacked since week six. Wow. And like, you know, this isn't Lamar Jackson. This isn't Tyler Murray. This isn't Josh Allen. This is Andy freaking Dalton. This is like one of, you know, if you had to pick like the top five statues in the pocket, right? Like you would have like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Andy Dalton, you know, like this guy, like Mac Jones, right? Like these are guys who are not going to outrun anybody. So for, for, for him to not get sacked for two weeks means that the protection has been excellent. And so, like, you know, you give – that's a hats off to that group. Like, it's, it's hard to isolate one offensive lineman because it's a kind of a group thing. Like, so you can't really say, like, oh, you know, James Hurst had an excellent day. Ryan Ramchick had an excellent day. It's always – the group either succeeds or it fails together. And I think that offensive line has been excellent and this is a group that, you know, allowed 10 sacks over the first two weeks of the season. Like they were much maligned early in the season. And so I think them turning it around is a big part of why this offense has been much more productive the last few weeks. And uh, we talked about this on our pregame show before the Saints Raiders game. The fact that, you know, November's around the corner here and we're expecting Trevor Penning to be back soon. Saw him walking around in a walking boot. And not just on a scooter, as you said uh, before, like, you know, he's he's actually putting pressure on that. So more positive news there that this O-line is close to getting uh, one of their key pieces. I don't want to say a key piece, but they're a first round pick that you're expecting something from. Yeah, no, I agree with that. 
You know, like there's so many things happened that just worked in this game. Even Nick Vanette had a nice catch. <laughs> you know, Marquez Callaway had a nice first down conversion. Juwan Johnson had a couple nice catches. Chris Olave just did his thing, five catches, 52 yards. Alvin Kamara, nine catches for 96 yards. And so to me, you know, you gave him a dud last week. I'm going to give him an honorary, like an honorable mention stud this week, Pete Carmichael. I, I think Pete Carmichael was on fire today. Like everything worked. And again, like 24 points, they only scored 24 points. It should have been more, but they were, but like when you're shutting a team out, you have so much, like you're just really running clock. And they basically churned the entire fourth quarter, like on one long drive that didn't end up scoring because they went for it on fourth down deep in the Raiders territory. I mean, that was like a six, it was a 15 play drive. They burned nine minutes and 15 seconds, went 61 yards and and turned it over on downs. That was right almost the entire fourth quarter. And it was like, that's all you were trying to do was like one of the best parts about that game was it was one of the fastest games I've, I've watched in a long time. Like it was over like 25 minutes before the, the, uh, the afternoon game started, which was great because I wanted to watch them. And so like that, that drive was fantastic. You just kept churning and churning and churning. And like in a game like this, it's just like convenience in a game where it's close, you know, and you probably kicked that field goal at the end of it. That is a huge closeout drive. So like, you know, I, I, you know, we give, we give Pete Carmichael a lot of grief. He was able to get Taysom Hill involved. He was able to get Rashid Shaheed involved. He was able to get Alvin Kamara involved. Nine catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns, right? Everyone ate. You know, there was no one on this team where you were like, oh, well, you, you should have got him more, right? Even Dwayne Washington got four carries. Right. Taysom Hill had 10 carries for 61 yards. Like everything that you want to see in this offense was there. And, you know, for a team that's that made a, a, a tough decision and went with Andy Dalton and was like, finally, like, you know, we're going with this. That's good. Like Whether you agree with the decision or not, the offense was clicking and that's what you want to continue. And so that's, you know, I give him all the credit for that. No, and maybe there's something to that too. Like going with that decision of Andy's your guy, it definitely looked like the, the offense hasn't been bad, obviously. Uh, they've been putting up points and all, but everything just was so much more cohesive, smoother today. Uh, they seem to do what they wanted to at will against this Raiders defense. Yeah, no, it looked like a team with an identity, yeah, right? right? Like, whether you like the identity, whatever, it was a team that looked like it knew what it wanted to do and it executed, and that's what you want to see continue. So give Pete Carmichael that honorable mention, uh, Stud. Anyone else you want to throw in there before we move on? You mentioned uh, Olave briefly. I think he just keeps continues to add to his rookie campaign, rookie of the year campaign numbers. Yeah, I, I tweet this at least once a game, and it's just like Chris Olave is always open. I don't yeah. know how it's true, but it's right. true. He is always open. It's just a matter of how many times you throw in the ball. It's a, it's remarkable. Definitely a, uh, you know, everyone was kind of critical, I guess you would say there, for giving up so much to move up to get a guy like that. But this is definitely your number one stud for the years to come on this offense. And he's kind of getting all this attention right now without guys like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry around, which to me is even more impressive, obviously. Right. That's the remarkable part is it's like in the first couple of weeks, you can be like, Oh, well, they're focusing on Jarvis. They're focusing, yeah. on, focusing on Mike. No, he is the guy now. And, and he is still just wide open all the time. So the, the next gen stats, Nick Vanette actually had average four yards of separation in this game. No, they were not paying attention to him whatsoever. Rashid Shahid, 6.2 yards. Like he just gets open too. Like he, he's hard. He's hard to cover. Chris Olave, 2.21. Taysom Hill, figure this one out. 
he had an average zero yards of separation. Wow. I don't know how that's possible. Like he was just getting hugged. Right. Like he was like, it, actually it makes sense because every time he has the ball in his hand, someone is like literally getting dragged. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, Chris Olave, it's wild. He's just always open uh, in, in instances where it's like, they should be keying on him. Like he's just that good of a route runner that he's able to create that separation. And so like, you kind of look at it and it's like, man, this offense really looks good right now. And if you can get Mike Thomas back, if you can get Jarvis Landry back, right. And you can't focus all of your attention on Olave. Like this offense has a chance to be special. I think. I mean, it's just a matter of like you got to put yourself in position. But no, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things to like about this game. I think it was like the Saints were very much playing a game plan that was like, okay, if you want to try to beat us with Mac Holland and Foster Morrow, go for go it. For it. Yes, <laughs> and they tried. It didn't offer. But yeah, no. And um, I actually in one of my fantasy leagues, I went and put Hunter Renfro in thinking he was going to do something for me. And yeah, the only thing he did was be the target on that interception, which Pete Werner gets credit for that tip. And Tyron, Matthew. you know, it's funny. We talked about this, right? We talked about how like we watch all these games and there haven't even been like close interceptions, like balls that got tipped and fell harmlessly to the turf. Like, that was one of the first ones we saw this year where it was like, like, that's how interceptions happen. Tips and overthrows. Tyron Matthew talks about this all the time. Tips and overthrows. And we just haven't seen any tips or overthrows. So, you know, maybe it's a sign of like the tide turning of like just luck. Yes, I uh, love it. I love it. And the tide are coming soon to Baton Rouge. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I see what you did there. All right, let's cut that off there. This is Inside Black and Gold. We're going to come back around and answer some viewer questions that have been pouring in throughout the course of this. Uh, stick around for that.